You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Enemy Complaint. Enemy, I am the illustrious host, I'm Lou. And I'm Brian. And this is the show where we talk about hot events, hot topics from left, right, and center libertarian perspectives. Uh, and today, we got another doozy for you. And, and I just want to preface this, especially if you've been listening to the show recently. I'm aware we've had a lot of... Uh, racial stuff on the show and that is not we are not going to turn into the young turks we are not going to turn into you know uh uh oh what's it uh, uh joy reed i i do not aim to make every single show only about race this is simply just what has been happening recently i love to talk about race i'm glad we are talking about race i think it's healthy that we are but usually i would not i, I try to space things out so that we don't bombard you uh, with the same subject over and over because there's so much to politics and sh- so much to society that kind of talking about race and only race is really neglecting a lot of what's going on. That being said, we are going to talk about race again. Uh, <laughs> and barring something wild happening, we'll give you maybe a, a brief hiatus from that. Uh, but we just had a series of kind of trials that got brought to light, trials that are kind of under consideration. A lot of them have to do with self-defense. A lot of them have to do with prosecutorial misconduct. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the way minorities are treated um, in the justice system. And of course, we had the Ahmaud Arbery case wrap up. Um, he uh, His murderers were found to be murderers. Uh uh, with with the law down there, they can get charged for multiple murder charges. So there were some murder charges that did, but all the ones that made sense stuck. And and we are not looking at uh, having the McMichaels or their pal out on the street for a very long time, uh, which is a good thing. But on top of Arbery, um, the Crystal Kaiser case is still up in in the air. Uh, she's somebody who killed. Uh, she was a child. She was trafficked. She killed the person trafficking her. Uh, the nature of how she killed him has come into light. Did she need to kill him? Did she have to? If somebody's trafficking you, do you have to care about how you kill them? But uh, that's something that kind of we're looking at right now. And uh, Crystal Kaiser's there. And then we had AJ Coffey uh, get wrapped up. Uh, bad SWAT raid. He shot back. Uh, people died. He did not. They charged him. He was found not guilty uh, of defending himself, or of, I'm sorry, not guilty of killing anybody, but he is guilty because he was a felon and possessed a gun. Um, and what's funny is the justice system said, yes, he needed the gun to defend himself. We found that he did, but he wasn't allowed to have that gun, which he used to save his own life. Um and there's many, many cases, and I, I, I hate to. All of these probably are deserving of their own show, but that's just not, that's just not the life we live right now. And so we're going to kind of talk about how minorities are treated in the justice system. Uh, Brian has been following along with most of these. He gets invited to 
bigger shows than ours because he is so in tune with many of these. Um, I do, of course, my Wikipedia, and then I click on the links on Wikipedia, and that's about the the, the extent of my intellect right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, that that's kind of what I know. But um, Brian, I'm going to let you get the first crack at this, and however you want to talk, however you want to talk about it, whatever your insights are, you've given them to everybody else. Now give them to us too. You know, self defense is one of those things that's just it. it the the first thing is that in almost every state you have the right to defend yourself, protect your life, protect other people's lives. But of course, every state has a different flavor of doing this. And of course, every state has a number of hurdles that you have to go through. Now, we can all talk about the legal requirements and things like that, but you have to have a reasonable belief that you are about to die. Reasonable not only to you, but to an outsider. Um, but then also at that point that the actions that you take are reasonable. Uh, if someone's, if a toddler's coming up to you, going to say they're going to take your apples, uh, you do not have the right to shoot them in the head. That's what the law is <laughs> in the vast majority of states, except for Wisconsin. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> in the vast majority of states, that the 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 force has to be reasonable uh, in response. And if you think someone's going to kill you, and there's pretty good evidence that they were going to, or at least had made a credible threat to your life, you can do this. Every one of these big cases has tried to touch on self-defense as the core issue. Kyle Rittenhouse, numerous videos show him trying to run away, trying to flee the area, him being attacked several times with what appears to be lethal force. Now, we can debate whether somebody chasing you and throwing a bag at you is, is, is considered, you know, approval for deadly force or not. But the jury in this case found that it was. Uh, we can take a look at the Arbery case, which they tried to claim self-defense, that he put his hand on my gun. But in this case, they were kind of the instigators. They were chasing him with a truck. They were chasing him uh, because they thought that he had committed a crime. They tried to use George's very quickly repealed <laughs> citizen's arrest statute uh, and amazingly were found guilty. Well, not amazingly. I, I hoped they would be found guilty because the evidence was pretty clear that they instigated and that Arbery in a last desperate attempt to somehow change this situation was trying to get away and tried to grab the gun of the guy who kept pointing it at him. The third case of Crystal Kaiser is a little different because there was, it wasn't an immediate situation that she was victim of sex trafficking. Uh, the evidence shows that she was, um, but the unique thing about this is that Wisconsin law, getting back to every state has its own flavor, uh, has an affirmative defense in their statute for people that are specifically part of sex trafficking. We all know this kind of type of this is the only way out. I know I'm going to be stuck in this hell again. And that sometimes they have to take steps to be able to protect themselves. And Wisconsin, of course, is famous for letting people out on insanely low bail. Um, just recently, we saw that in Waukesha. Um and finally, the last one I think we're going to probably touch on very briefly is Kyle Carruth, which is a recently released story out of Texas. Uh, the shooting took place uh, several weeks ago, but the video was just released in the last couple of days. And I, I will tell you to do not Google that. Um, it is very disturbing um, and it is very heartbreaking. And at the first sight of it it does not appear to be self-defense seeing as how he has the gun he walks up to the person fires a warning shot into the ground not sure what i was supposed to do 
and then proceeds when the guy grabs the gun, gets flung away, and then unloads two shotgun blasts into his children, his stepchildren's father, uh, because he was there picking up the kids uh, for his time to visit with them uh, in front of, I believe, one of the children. So that one, of course, is going through a little bit of a legal morass because it's stuck with the uh, Kyle's ex-wife or became ex-wife during this uh, entire process uh, was a sitting judge in the county. So she had to recuse herself. So it's being currently handled by the uh, Texas Department of, um, uh, of Justice. And I'm guessing at some point with the uh, is similar to the Arbery case where nothing was being done until somebody released a video that was clear cut evidence that, wow, bad things happened. Justice will probably finally start getting done now. Let's hope, Lou, uh, your perspectives on all of this. All of the things. Yeah. Um, you know, something that's been mentioned and, and we've talked about, you know, murder laws in different states have lots of different nuance and, and ways that they're applied and the facts are applied to the law and things like this. And so it's been really interesting to watch these cases happen across the different states and under these different circumstances. Um, there is, you know, in some of these cases, there's an, a very obvious racial attachment. Um, in some cases, that's not as clear. And in others, it's not there at all. Um, the Kyle case in Texas, the Kyle, you know, but um overall i think what this a good thing that's coming out of this is that people are starting to kind of back up as these trials and the facts of these cases are all starting to come out and the cases are going through you know the justice the process right i think as a society people are starting to go okay when something happens, let's not immediately assume. Um, and that's something <laughs> that we've really watched over the last few years as more and more protests or these type of events are happening. I mean, even when you talk about the um, storming the Capitol, after, you know, when they were counting votes, those sort of things, there's all these videos and different angles and Everybody just makes assumptions about who's guilty, who was right, who was wrong, you know, taking sides. And probably about 80% of the time, it's never fully clear, you know, whether that's the bag that Rosenbaum threw at Rittenhouse that for weeks people thought was a flaming Molotov cocktail. And, and, and literally... That me right. I, it looked it looked it like it in the video it yeah. absolutely did i totally agree um you know but then we find out it was like a thing of deodorant in a plastic bag and it just happened to be a light catching it like yeah. oh okay maybe we should wait to form our opinions <laughs> until more facts come out right. um but it's also like kind of shown uh, it, it's shown a light on the fact that we as a society are really, really bad about sticking to our biases. <laughs> I'm guilty too. Um, I still don't like Kyle Rittenhouse. 
he's a and that's okay. I mean, the thing is this: you can have hateful Pete. You can hate the person, right? Like, the you innocence. cannot stand the kid. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, not I not. He's I, totally right, but he wasn't totally wrong either. Yeah, <laughs> you no. Know? You you can be you can say. I hate to do this on an emotional level, but he's not guilty because right, not guilty. He's, he yeah. wasn't guilty of the facts they prevent, presented in court. Right, <laughs> not guilty is different than no. innocent. Correct. So, you know, right, yeah, and, and that's that's our, how our system is supposed to right. be. You right. should yeah. celebrate when someone's when a jury comes back and says we don't think you present enough evidence, and frankly, these. Right, I would DAs rather, were terrible. Oh my but. god, they were awful. It's like they threw it on purpose. It was disgusting. But I would rather see a guilty person walk than an innocent person be locked up for life or, or at all, really. But especially when you're talking about a murder case, a potential murder case where you could be facing life or even death. I would rather a guilty person go free than an innocent person spend a day in prison anytime, you know, that said, um, I'm so tickled about the Arbery case. Um, and it was fascinating to watch. And I think the prosecutor from the Rittenhouse case <laughs> could take a lesson from the prosecutor in this, in the Arbery case. She was so good. Both of them. Oh my God. Oh yeah. They were both just all Phenomenal. the defense bullshit, which it, they have a legal right to do. Um right. <laughs> was just along the lines of and they handled it and didn't turn it into just, you know, how how shady can I get with the law or how shady right. can I get in court? They ran a really good case. They really and, did. Yeah. So I I think my, the most fascinating part of the case to me was in the prosecution's closing arguments when the defense starts to object to their argument and you can feel the desperation and seeing even the judges like so perturbed <laughs> like asking for a mistrial again at the last minute you know that's their hail mary mm. and it was so desperate and the judge was just like please for the love of god shut <laughs> what is the legal term for shut the bleep 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 up what is that i You're, really felt yeah. for that judge. <laughs> um, but i i appreciated the way he handled it yeah he was top-notch both judges were both I, judges. I felt the judge in the rittenhouse case i won't say that he was biased per se democratic was, appointed <laughs> he wasn't as disconnected as I would have liked him to be. Does that make sense? It it kind of does, but when you see his his case history, this is how he runs it. And there's two things I, I really want to say I really appreciate about the Rittenhouse judge. Number one, he was very much along the lines of the jury makes this decision. You can present yeah. the evidence and everything like that, but you're not going to sit here and, and abuse the jury or think they're idiots or whatever, because they're the ones that have to make the decision. That's way our law is set up. And number two, you're going to have, you're going to have to be fair in here. And the DA wasn't, the DA was terrible. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. borderline, borderline misconduct type of thing. Oh and yeah. That's the maddening part of it. It was like, 
if this is such a layup of a case, why do you resort to these tactics? But when you look at Kenosha's DA and the Crystal case and everything else, it just all kinds of goes, yeah, now we see why. And and actually, the, I, I saw that the defense attorney, the lead defense attorney for Rittenhouse, came back at the after the trial and said, we knew that we were going to get a good trial, a fair trial from this judge. There are other judges, and it was the assistant DA, or I know that it was two assistants because the primary DA wanted nothing to do with this, um, just them. just as, the, as, as well as the Crystal case, um, that he, they knew that they were going to get a fair trial from him, but if Rittenhouse was found guilty, he was going to get the max on every single count. So... I mean, that's the thing. If the it, he, he believes in the jury system, he believes the juries are right. But if you get found guilty, you're going away forever. So I find that really. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that, but mm -hmm. I can see that it's a very different way of being a judge and, you know, to right. each their own. I now the case with um, was it Crystal, Krista, yeah. the young yeah. lady. Yeah, Crystal um, Kaiser. Yeah. Crystal Kaiser. I am, you know, I look back to in the nineties, I think it started being more common. And I kind of relate this to that where we were seeing like uh, expert witnesses and psychology talking about battered wife syndrome when you yeah. would find, you know, there would be cases of a wife who shot her husband in her sleep Burning and, bed. and that basically became the rote defense of every battered wife ever. And I, so in this context, to me, it doesn't seem that different. Now, again, I don't know all of the details of the case, but much the same as the father recently who was charged with murder for murdering the people who trafficked his daughter. Which, like, which? Award, I don't know. <laughs> That no, that let's let's hold judgment on that one because well, yeah, two I, things, two things. Number one, the daughter is not coming up and saying she was trafficked. Number two, the family says there's no way that kid was trafficking her, and this guy does have some issues. So, just just. I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know the details. If that's all the case, and it is that cut and dry, great. Like, yeah. I, there's a little piece of me that kind of roots on the Dexters of the world, um, just because I know. I, I have more faith in them getting it right than our justice system in most cases. <laughs> that doesn't mean there aren't wackos out there using that as a defense. Okay. Yeah. But in general, like, I get it. The, the, the Caruth, <laughs> Caruth case, the Kyle Caruth case down in Lubbock, Texas, the video, he's using that as a, well, he was going to, and I had to defend my, my, my stepchildren. I have... I think you and I have very different opinion on, on that, but uh, I wanted to touch base back with Hody because I mm -hmm. know he had more to say on Arbery more specifically, but I definitely yes. want to get into Kyle and Chad. How yeah. Kyle and Chad. Oh my that. God. The two names. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've got a, we've got a little loose with the uh, letting people do their, do their thing and not that you're not that brian that you're interrupting badly by any means it's just uh, i'll keep you know, a lot of times button. it's happening into in a you know to introduce a correction or you know something that you want to add that's important to what's being spoken of or anything i just um you know with each of these cases being a little different I, for me the overview is 
is this simple is if you didn't get the fame and you don't have the wealth, you're in trouble in our justice system. And that, whether you're on the, uh, the prosecute, I was going to say offense or defense, I've been watching too much football today, whether you're on the prosecution <laughs> or defense, right? Like it's just, you are very, you are much less likely to get justice without, without having a lot of money or getting a lot of eyes on it. And I've mentioned it before. I know Jamie likes watching the police videos and what the prosecution can get away with if there aren't a lot of eyes on it. Cause here's the thing. A lot of these are public. The way we watch them is because we see them. They're public. We, we watch them and they're like, Oh, can't, you know, can't believe this. And some YouTuber, you know, posts them and you kind of watch them and you're like, Oh, okay. Interesting. And you know, you get these videos and, and, and I'm shocked by how much they get away with, but it's not a big deal because people don't make a big deal of it. Right. And this is why I think, um, you know, make fun of podcasters or social media provocateurs all you want. But if it wasn't for that, a lot of these people would never be getting justice, would never be getting a second look at anything. Um, I look at both, look at the police reports in both the Ahmaud Arbery and the George Floyd case, and you will never find a bigger disconnect between reality and what you see with your own eyes. I mean, it is just, it is a complete work of fiction what the police were willing to file in this case. In the Arbery case, it was fiction that the DA was willing to help fabricate um, to the point of now, I believe there's some misconduct charges coming up for that. And thank goodness for that. Indicted and perp walked and shot and, and the photo and everything. Great. Great. Wait, Fantastic. this is the Arbery case? This is yeah, the Arbery case. The original case. DA. The original DA that was going to bury it. Sorry, Hody, I'm oh, interrupting. Right. No, you're doing it, great. It, it indicted. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I forgot. Indicted and uh, yeah, the photo's been taken and everything. So yes, justice is rolling forward. And Dig good. It. And and that is a great example. You know, when we talk about systemic racism, sometimes you're not in a position where you say that's not my system. But you look at a system where the neighbors were willing to help hunt down Arbery. The police were willing to help hunt down Arbery. The DA was willing to cover up for hunting down Arbery. And a lot of people that came in and took over were kind of like, man, maybe, you know, is there some way we can make this disappear? And it just, it, it, and, and now of course, when we talk about like a national system or a global system, even you might not see as much racism. In fact, you probably see the exact opposite where everybody's like, what the heck is going on over here? What kind of system is that? Which is good. That's a healthy thing. Like we need to be looking at that and saying, what even happened here? Yeah. Um, and so, so I just think that that's something that we need to, we need to review and need to think about when we see these things to just say, I know I have been told this story, but maybe that's not everything. And it goes, Lou, you talked about it. I'm glad you brought it up is hopping to a conclusion very early. If you go back <laughs> because Arbery's murders had no defenders, uh, virtually no defenders within the last three months, right? But you look at when that murder first broke and everybody saw it on camera, at least half of, like, I mean, it, I mean, at least 80% of conservative media was telling you why this was totally valid and why, you know, oh, that's a, that's definitely a hammer in his hand. I remember that bit, uh, you know, he was running through, oh, this is the guy. Oh yeah. He was stealing stuff from local gas stations Oh, he was, you know, what's he doing? What, what's he doing jogging in sandals? You know, that's, 
this was all real things that you heard at the time for real reasons that he got hunted down and murdered and lynched pretty much, right? And these are all validations that people tried to pitch. Now, in both Arbery and Floyd, I think one of the interesting things is you, you look at the defense that the conservative media was willing to give that even the defenders weren't like even, even the people who the lawyers weren't willing to give that that they were like no that's a that's a dumb thing you know like even even uh george floyd's lawyers were like there's a lot of conspiracies about why george floyd died and even the lawyers were like yeah that's that's dumb we're not even going to try that and it's because we hop to these conclusions and we allow our biases to take over i have libertarian biases i uh, you know, I, I have a friend who is uh, Johnny Hurley. I, I think I mentioned this on the show, who was killed by a police officer after he stopped a mass shooting. And the officer saw some guy with a gun and shot him and killed him. And my initial response was scathing and probably not what I would. Well, I can de definitely say now it's not what I would have said with a calm, clear head, you know, but. I was upset you know? <laughs> I, and I was very angry about what happened. I still don't like the fact that the Arvada police department hasn't released the video. They admit it, but they release all the other video. They release the other video, the guy mass shooting innocent people, but they're not going to release the video of their guy murdering accidentally or whatever, what have you, Johnny Hurley, you know, and that makes, it makes me really sad. You know, there's a guy I have direct messages with on Facebook and I'm just like, oh, that is shocking when it happens to you. And think about all these other families that it's happening to. Um, as far as, as far as some of the other goes, the Crystal Kaiser one. Um, uh, and, and Brian, you are spot on with the law on this one. And I understand that there's some amount of proportionate defense and, you know, was it the right kind of defense or whatever. I, I am. Um, I think just as a human being, I kind of say if you have a chance to sneak away and it involves murdering your captor or whoever is trafficking you, thumbs up for me. I mean, I just and and I'm. I, I don't know the legal precedent for that. Like, it, I don't. I understand that there's a lot of complexities there, and I am willing to let the facts of those play out, but. I probably would not consider it murder to, you know, if, I mean, this happened with the Amistad, right? When, when slaves killed their slavers and, and, you know, took control of the ship or, you know, they pro got prosecuted for murder. And it's like, well, they could have done something else, maybe been a little nicer to their slavers. And I'm just over here. Like, uh, I think when you start slaving, you got, you kind of cut your, your life into your own hands. Uh, so I will admit I probably have a bit of a fan club and less of a legal uh, uh, bit about that as far as killing your trafficker goes. Um, with AJ Coffee, um, this is another way that the state punishes people. Yeah. Felonization is ridiculous. Uh, we have a good friend of the network um, who... Um, ish gave somebody a, a pain pill at a party because this person was in agony right like agony i'm hurting and she's like no no i don't want to give it to you and she's like if i give you this pill i'm not i'm going to be in agony later in the month i have to space all the rest of these out oh i'm in pain and pain and out of the goodness of her heart is like all right you know if you're really in that much agony here you go bam she's a felon right because it was a sting it was an undercover officer 
And that's on her thing for life. She's not allowed to have a gun. She's not allowed to vote. She's not allowed to do a whole bunch of jobs that she's qualified for. And it's total crap. And so we look at AJ Coffey and look, based on whatever it was in his history, maybe he deserved the felony or maybe he didn't. But the bottom line is if he is still a type of person that is dangerous to society, then he needs to be rehabbing in prison or someplace else. And he, if he is not a danger, then he needs to be free and you need to let the frick go of that because out here in society, it's, it's all chaos, right? It's all, it's all madness out here, everybody. There's no organizational structures going on that make everybody behave a specific way. If you want to get a hold of a gun, you're going to get a hold of a gun. If you want to get a hold of alcohol, we talk about this as libertarians with prohibition all the time. Overfelonization is just another form of prohibition. You prohibit them from having guns. In the case of coffee, he actually used it in a justifiable fashion to save his own life. And he's still getting what? And the, and I believe it's like 30 years or something like that, that he's staring down in prison, right? For having a gun that he used to save his own life simply because he wasn't supposed to have a gun. This happens with more than just coffee. This is a the case in Chicago. Uh, Chicago, of course, famous for, uh, you know, submit your, your resume for why you need a gun. And then after a year, they decide that it wasn't good enough. A lot of these people decide to go ahead and get guns anyway. They protect themselves. And when they protect themselves with a gun, a lot of times just, you know, shooting at somebody who tried to break in, but they weren't supposed to have a gun. And now you're getting brought up on these charges that it can apparently put you away for 30 years in prison. This is an absolutely ridiculous system. Um, it, it, it's, we talk about the, the troubles with the rule of law. We've talked about it on the show before, and this is it. You always add a little layer, a little layer every time there's something new because you want to try to account for every contingency, but there's just no accounting for every contingency. And I think the additional complexities haven't really made it more helpful. It's just provided more loopholes for the people who know how to jump through it can jump through it. The people who are in the know in Chicago who ask for a gun get it tomorrow. The people who are not, who have scary people banging on their doors at hours at all hours of the night, they don't get a gun tomorrow. They have to wait, you know, and this is just, you know, I, I guess I've, I've kind of run out of steam as far as all of these cases. I think I've said a little bit about all of them, but the, the idea that I just want to leave with people is that it really is an unfair system. It's based on race. It's ba- uh, And you know what, maybe say, well, I find it's more about social class, but a lot of that is based on race, right? So like around and around we go as far as having this right. difficult system. And when, and I get it. I of all people just want to, I, I am, so, I get, I do get a little, I wish race would go away. I wish it would be a non-issue, but it's not. And it's till it, it, it stops being an issue in other people's minds. It has to be something that we take care of, you know, in, in our minds and in our world, because we can't ignore it. Right. And I just talk about yeah. it. Right. We have to talk about it. When you have a, I've given this analogy before, but when you have a cancer, you don't get to not talk about cancer. You have to talk about cancer a lot. And then when the cancer is dead, you can stop talking about cancer. Right? Like this is, this is just, you know, that's the way medicine works. That's the way society works. You know, we've, we've regressed a little bit. Obviously we are not, um, I guess I, I don't want to put off too many of my conservative listeners here because here's here's the truth. America's not uniquely racist. We're not even close. We've talked about that. I, you both have talked about this on that on the show before. Um, we are better than we were 50 years ago. Do not let people fool you otherwise on that one. We are in a we are 
generally headed in a good direction. Was the last maybe four to eight years good? Probably no, right? Like we we've kind of had had some hiccups there, but we're also shedding a lot of light on things that needed a lot of a light light shed on them. And I'm I'm glad it's happening. It's gonna be sad because we're going to find out things. I mean, ultimately, if we did not have videos, um, you would read in the future about the case of George Floyd and be like, boy, that guy really deserved it. What a nut. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's gone. That guy was not worth saving because you read the police report on George Floyd and there was no video evidence of it. You know, and so it, it's a scary thing to think about how often this has happened before with less famous, less popular people with less media coverage on it. You know, I, I didn't know, you know, and, and frequently I see these cops and people are like, oh, we filed 1500 reports against him. And thank goodness we had one person with a car camera pointed up at him to prove that these cops that were, you know, I mean, you get one cop indicted and it's like 800 times they planted drugs and you're just like, oh, geez, like how right. bad was this? Like things got out of control. You know, you look at, I mean dare I bring up Kamala Harris, but I mean, a lot of what was going on in that district was very systemic, was very withhold that evidence. Do not present that in court. And we don't have videos of that stuff. We only have, I guess, you know, investigations saying that that happened, but we're only finding out about, about it now. Most of those people are still in prison, you know, and it's an unfortunate thing. It, it It's a very sad thing. It bums me out. There's my tagline again, that to, to, to hear about this because I'm with you. Innocent people, they need to walk. And I would rather let 10 guilty people go before convicting an innocent person to prison. It's it's unconscionable. Yeah. And a lot of the laws we have that make you technically guilty are kind of laws that I'm like, I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, one, one thing I wanted to jump in and add here real quick, because I was trying to like run through them all um, during my segment. But going back to the coffee case, you know, literally they said, oh, it's a good thing for you that you had your gun. By the way, it's a bad thing you had your gun. Like, and I almost feel like there's a case, like an appellate case in that to address the law. Like, I feel like this kind of the circumstances around this, like, could potentially set a precedent for addressing the law there. And, and, you know, if this is a situation that especially when you're defending yourself against law enforcement, like that negates the gun charge. Okay. You want to wipe the slate clean and say, okay, from this point on no gun. I mean, that's still an asshole move, but like, in this case, the one should avoid the other. To me, like that just seems like the logical thing to do. Yeah, it's, it gets murky, but I, I'm I, I really have a hard time with felons once they're out of prison, not being able to get their rights back. And in some states, they they do allow you to expunge uh, felonies. Um, it, it it's one of those things that. We should be better at, and and the one thing I will say about jobs and stuff. And I, by the way, I'm just gonna stop here for a second. I want to thank Jacob for paying such close attention to where we're sitting and what we're wearing, <laughs> as opposed to the actual con comments that we're making. So, um, yeah, 
Jacob, I, I promise you next week you'll see something more exciting. You know, maybe I'll crack out the chiffon dress or something for you. <laughs> Anyhow, back to back to what we were talking about, not fashion and, and uh home home uh <laughs> I guess no, I probably I will, uh, I'm about to go change my background again. So carry on. How exciting. Yeah. Um but the thing is this is that we do need to um Dennis, I don't want to look like a Christmas tree. He put up there that he's got some shirts. Yesterday he was wearing red and green. So anyhow, he was festive. <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. Um, but that being said again, it, we can do a lot better with a lot less laws. Um, mm -hmm. We are in the this world of there ought to be a law set by every Karen and Kyle um, for every silly thing that you can imagine. And none of them have an expiration date. None of them have a, a, a removal policy. It's real easy. Everything always needs, oh, well, we're weakening when we can do this and that. We live in, in the world of law and order, and we want to thank Dick Wolf for really screwing up our justice system, making us think that they can use all sorts of silly charges to be able to get the really guilty people. Um, but unfortunately, that's not what happens. What ends up happening is they use those really silly charges to go after the poorest people who are the easiest to get convictions against. And of course, that's what the DA's office wants. They want convictions. They don't want justice. So that's what's refreshing about seeing all these judges who stand up as opposed to rubber stamping what the DA does, who stand up and say, you're going to have to bear the burden, especially like in the Rittenhouse case, where they essentially charged him with possessing the gun, but didn't ever introduce into evidence why it was illegal right. <laughs> or any measurement saying that it was. Right. No, that, yeah, that was, that was mind blowing that uh, the yeah. judge was like, did I miss it? Or did you never introduce evidence into this? And they're like, oh yeah, you can drop that charge. We probably should have no. told you a while ago, but. They, they yeah. wanted to keep it in. They fought but, for it. The guy said, well, well, we can. We can with this isn't he's like well we, we we can yeah we they have to prove there isn't <laughs> the judge is like no it's not how it works you have to prove he's guilty total amateur hour as someone like day one of pre-law that's like the first thing i was yeah. taught yeah. <laughs> like... and, and the second thing is that you cannot use someone's silence as as an, an, an impression that they're guilty and it's like, right it did both. I mean, ju yeah, junior league hour, but uh, uh, Politifact, by the way, they they revisited their little because remember they said that him having the gun was false. Oh. They revisited it and still decided to say it was false. Yeah, and get this: the, this the sources they link. I can find the exception for the under eighteen year old with the sixteen inch barrel in the link that they provided, yep. and they still were yep. like, "Well, it's murky, so we're still going to say it's because we left that line out, so it's yeah. murky." Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just like, it's, "It's murky if you can't read, I guess." Like, there's, a, but, I mean, there's a little bit of you read this section, and then it says C, but da, 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 part B, and then you click but, on that, and then da, 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 B, and then so there's like a little bit of dot to dot to dot, but yeah, like. uh yeah, Reinhold, we're going full systemic racism on this one. So we're we're very socialist on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm turning in. <laughs> no, hard, hard. I, 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 I yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I may I may fight for equity in the judicial system, oh, and absolutely. and that's something I will go on record for saying it. Um, but again, that that's a big difference 
where civil rights are concerned and where, well, you know, I, I, I want as much money as Kanye West has. Well, you know what? Go out well, and live so his life. Yeah, yeah. Right. Go out, live I, his life and or move to Venezuela where you could be an instant billionaire. I mean, either. I mean, and I will bring this up. We were talking about equity before the show actually aired. So uh, Corey mm -hmm. brings up he wants equity like Will Smith, Barack Obama, Kanye West. So the idea here, of course, you're going to be able to find exceptions. Uh, I've, I've tried to be pretty clear that this is not true in every system, right? That racism is all over the place. In fact, when you see racism all over the place, especially in places it doesn't exist, you kind of tend to do a tremendous amount of harm to your own case, because then when racism does come up, you're the little boy who cried wolf, right? And so then there's there's an issue there. So I'm not saying- Jesse like, Smollett. <laughs> yeah, right, Jesse Smollett. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Like Which that case starts this week too. Oh, oh my does God. it? Yes. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> Oh God! Um, First of all, no one would believe that he's going to go out at two in the morning and go get Subway. Let's just talk, let's just be honest right. here. Talk about first impressions changing, right? I mean, that's one I was like, how horrifying, and then it was like, oh well, oh right. And never, I, I do want to say, like, okay, so you can rattle off the names of a handful of black celebrities or politicians, sure. right? Sure. But can you rattle off the names of the, you know, several million? other underprivileged people of color. No, you can't <laughs> because that's not how our system works. And, right. and I also like, I get so frustrated with the argument like, Oh, well that I want equity like they have. And I want to be, that's not at all what we tend to mean when we talk about, you know, equality versus equity, you know, all of those. Right. Um, and, and so to make that argument is just, it's a total straw man because that's not what we're saying. It's silly. Like, that's of course, equity in the law as far as equal outcome. Absolutely. That's what we're saying. Yeah. But in life, nobody's guaranteed equal outcome. It's mm -hmm. just, you're just not. No. Sorry. <laughs> like, no, that's you're good. Right. You're in good. any society, I don't care what you call it. And the amazing thing is one of the giving thing that's coming up The I think it was from Thanksgiving was one of the projects is the Innocence Project and the mm -hmm. work they have done yeah. for finding all these corrupt uh, judicial uh, DAs, groups that specifically hid evidence, just all this bullshit that yes. they've done and that they have gone ahead and gotten 100 and, or 232 clients got their sentences commuted, expunged, you name it. And the work they do is so critical. So and I'm going to give them a commercial here. I'm going to give them a five-second commercial. If you're going to throw cash at any sort of good project, <laughs> throw it at that. They're incredible. Um, yeah. And I just have to say, like, they are the only reason that I am softening to Kim Kardashian. Like, I've just always <laughs> yes. hated her on the principle of being a Kardashian. Um, yes, you're a leftist now. I got you too. <laughs> no, I, I think we I, call him Comrade Jacob now. <laughs> Comrade Jacob. <laughs> you guys, that's your new call sign, Jacob. That's, so, but I, you know, she actually, I, you know, I just on principle of being a Kardashian, like, is vomit inducing to me. Like, I can't mm. get behind it. Right. However. I recently was watching something on the Innocent Project, and I had no idea how heavily involved she has been in this and how much she has worked. And 
it's it's incredible for all the things that she publicizes about herself like now granted I think if she publicized this more about herself then people be like oh that's really shallow and you're just trying to look good but like that's the only redeeming quality I can find. I mean, <laughs> I think it's fabulous. All, there's a lot of people who do nothing with all their fame. And so when people even contribute five, 10% of what they have to something like this or bring attention to it, right. I'll and take she, it. It's not I'll even money. It. Like she's actually, you know, kind of using the power of her dad's name, the Kardashian name. And she has a bit of an education in law. I don't know that she's finished her law degree or taken the bar, but she's, I don't think she's taken the bar yet. studied in that direction. And she's actually quite intelligent, which I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. There, so there is a, uh, an uh, ESPN uh, 30 for 30 special called breakaway starring uh if you follow WNBA at all Maya Moore who is one of the biggest stars that the league has ever had and she quit the NBA contributed all of her focus on getting one wrongfully convicted person Jonathan Irons out of prison yes and it took her parents actually started the process like they were because they were just doing it kind of recreationally uh Lou, you even talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, people kind of recreationally solving crimes. Um, but looking at these posts, l- looking at everything, and it by the time they got their lawyers there, the lawyers are like, oh, you already did the hard work for us. Okay, thank goodness. Like it was... Uh, right. And, and, but I mean, this cost her her career. And, and she, I mean, says she doesn't regret it. And uh, obviously, if you save one person from prison, the, of course, the sports fan in me is like, you can't say quitting your career is worth it but obviously if you're saving innocent life it's probably worth you know your career is as hard as that is for me to say but the fact that she had to sacrifice her career to do it you know is is something that i think we need to think about to say wow it took the full focus of like one of the biggest (laughs) stars in women's sports uh oh barack obama once because she visited the white house so much because of winning championships and mvps was like we need to name this room in the white house for you you know like wow. she, it took like pretty much the biggest star in the wnba to get one person out of prison and take all that just for all this focus and it was flawed from the get-go i mean they, they right off the bat you know we're kind of like there's something suspicious here and yeah they, it took them some work to do the investigation and paperwork and everything but it was very clear that things were scuffed up from the get-go and it just dragged on for years and years and years. And the thing is, it's even if you're the person's mother and you want them out of prison, it takes so much tenacity to just every day say, well, not only do I have to work this job, but now I'm going to have to spend four more months you know, or four more hours every night after work trying to get this person free, trying to bring right. attention to this person who's in prison. Um, I mean, and then, I, I mean, wrong conv- wrongful confessions you want to talk about some of those oh boy uh it is a regular happening i mean you'll even see it in like law and order sometimes with the good guys doing this yeah but you'll see how they talk about how like well if you don't confess if whatever happens in prison happens and i'm going to turn my back on you and i'm going to leave you in the middle of the showers with all the sex offenders and we'll see what happens Uh to you pretty boy yeah yeah you're gonna get some false confessions against people that don't like being gang raped right like oh yeah we're gonna put you you know what we were gonna put you in this this holding cell but if you don't confess right now i'm putting you in this one 
and the guy in there is murdered the last three people in there, but you know, we'll just see what happens. Okay. So people who want to live, you've gotten a false confession out of them. And again, unless you burn a bright, hot light on these issues, Mm -hmm. you'll hardly get a judge because they don't want to rock the boat. Oh, that's that other judge's ruling. Well, I have to work with that guy. Oh, that's that, that those police officers said that. Well, I work with that guy. I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to, right. Until like an overwhelming people demand it. Even the most common sense, easy to overturn case just stays, stays what it is. And what's really frustrating to me is there are literally numerous television shows like documentary style series that cover a different episode or like a different case every episode and there's multiple seasons of exactly this kind of thing happening so we know like the numbers are have to be astronomical if they've got enough bodies you know to make a se- multiple seasons and multiple shows showing this happening and proving the cases like how many are just sitting in jail because they confessed and nobody's shining a light on it like and yet these shows on i'm a huge true crime nut like i spend all day watching like murder mystery makeup mondays (laughs) (laughs) on my day off right i'm a big Uh, bailey serian jamie also watches those nice oh my gosh (laughs) bailey serian is my hero yeah so brian they do makeup and talk about a like a murder case wall it's fantastic doing makeup several different youtubers doing this it's a whole medium it's a whole medium there's a there's a world entire like subculture (laughs) yep uh, can we fit a few more M's in there? Making yeah, marshmallow. <laughs> hey. <you know. laughs> Make it Julia Child's murder, you know, real life murder <laughs> while doing your makeup. Oh, we're going to make some lovely mashed potato. <laughs> so, there's, there's an entire following to anything true crime. And so there are entire multiple entire channels dedicated to this and a huge catalog of the shows are exactly this. And it's like, there's enough of a fan base to keep this going, but we're all sitting on our asses at home watching it on TV instead of actively doing something about it. And I think one thing that people maybe don't know is that you actually can do something about it. Did you know you don't actually have to be in Congress to write a bill? You can be Joe Schmo and write a bill. And take it, you know, up the ladder, start at your city council and try to get a meeting with your local representative and, you know, take it to your state house and things like that. Like I worked on a small portion. There's it's it hasn't gotten anywhere yet. But the Daniel Shaver bill talking Mm. about creating standards and protocols for training and de-escalation. And, you know, those sort of things. So, and it's all been citizens and people connected with his family. Like there are entire Facebook groups where citizens get together and talk about the law and look at the law and write up bills and then present them to their local or state and so on government. Like you don't have to be a Congress critter to make a difference. No. You don't, and it's but of course the the bar is so high 
It is. So that's that burning white light of, I mean, of attention. The Shaver incident was years ago, and we've still been we've been working on this bill for at least three years now. Yeah. And, and no one wants to look soft on crime, changing a law, things like that, which is the ridiculous part. I think that they <laughs> they they treat conviction rate like a win percentage in baseball. Right. Exactly. And, and it's like so the more you convict, the better. When instead of justice being that's when convicting people is not a measure of justice. It, no. Like <laughs> I, I like the adversarial system, but I think just as they have to the 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 prosecution needs to present beyond a reasonable doubt, they also need to be held to a higher standard. Yes, than what we are seeing in court, they're holding them to a fifty fifty standard as opposed to a seventy five twenty five standard. Mm -hmm. And and you need to like as I said, they should have. Rittenhouse probably should have been a mistrial, but, you know, they, they, they'll take the outcome of it. But honestly, it probably should have been, and that guy should be getting some prosecutor, prosecutorial misconduct, or at least be reported to uh, the bar for, you know. Um, or if the may... free market has anything to do with it, uh, He'll... Not, not that lawyer for me, please. You know? uh, well, he's <laughs> he's the, the DA, he's the assistant DA, so he's got a job for life as long as his boss, who is, by the way, just as right. terrible. Um <laughs> Yeah, in Kenosha, Kenosha County, yeah. Kenosha's not doing too well when it comes to DAs overall. And the fact that that's politicized, mm -hmm. coupled with, you know, conviction rate being like a score for them is so terrible <laughs> for yeah. our system at large. Like, it, it's hard though, because you do want an adversarial system, but I think that's the things that we just have to put it into where. If the prosecutor does misconduct, I mean, like to the point where instead of, oh, okay, 50-50, well, if you screw up over here, Mr. Prosecutor, defense gets to do whatever, et cetera. No, make them bear the burden of it. No, you know what? We're going to go and do a mistrial, and you're going to pay for the fees for the defense attorney for this portion of the case. And now you're going to have to go through and represent your grand jury, represent everything, and this is going to get really expensive now. Of course, people are paying for it, but maybe eventually, after enough people get the bill and say, "We got this idiot who keeps on screwing up cases," maybe we ought to get rid of them. Then maybe people will start doing something. Yeah. Anybody have anything no. uh, they didn't get off of their chest that they want to do it before we hit up the piece of my mind segment? One no. really quick thing I wanted mm -hmm. to say um, regarding you know, one something you'd brought up, Hody, about you know bringing particularly police misconduct to light via, you know, having it on camera. Um, and a lot of times we see instances where, you know, if it's they videotape it, they don't release it. Or if somebody else did, they confiscate the phone and yeah. it, it's hit or miss. You know, there is at least one. I'm sure there are others. There's one app that I know of that's called Citizen. And it you can record and it will save to their cloud and like the whole, there are lots of other features and I don't remember exactly what all, cause I haven't had to use it in a while. <laughs> thankfully, nice. thankfully. Um, but it was actually especially helpful um, when, you know, we had protests through here um, in South Bend at the courthouse um, shortly after George Floyd. And it, connects you with other people and it has like some gps capabilities so if other people are recording the same incident um from different angles or what like it puts everything together it's 
it's a great resource um, for police accountability and freedom of the press and, and all of those things. So citizen app. Dope. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing Lou I, dropping the real solutions. I'm so all about just bitching online, but Lou, Lou is always <laughs> Lou is always giving yeah. me look at these people who are actually making a difference, like stuff. And I'm like, I don't want that information. I just want to complain. I'm kidding. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> the only thing I wanted to bring up, with Lou, I think you and I were going to talk about was the Kyle Carruth uh, uh, Chad video. Mm, um, I don't know. It's. I think it's, that's such a mess. I. I. I'm. That's one I am waiting for more information. Right. I am too. But the the only thing I will say is that there is no law in Texas that allows you to fire a warning shot. Period. I, I went and looked through. I'm not. No. I'm not a lawyer in Texas. I'm not on the bar. Blah blah blah. Right. So some idiot in Indiana went through and looked through Texas law and looked for previous case law on firing a warning shot, and there is none. So he's going to get, I think, a weapons charge, um, illegally discharging a firearm. Now, being spun around uh, when you bring out the gun, Dennis is probably doing spitting here in his grave or whatever. But when you bring out. Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) if you bring out the gun, you, you, you threaten to use it. The person tries the gun away from you, flings you away, and then you unload two shots into the guy with a shotgun, not with a AR or anything like that with a shotgun where you've got to, you know, it's a little different. So I think it's going to be a high bar for them to prove self-defense in this. It is a disturbing video. And um, the one thing I want to say is that if you are carrying a gun, two things that you should hope for, number one, that you never, ever, 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 ever have to use it. And that number two, if you do have to use it, it is in the, you know, deep concern that your your life is in danger, which I think in the Rittenhouse video was proven. Um, the Arbery video, imagine if he was armed and they weren't, I think we'd pretty much all agree that he was in threat. He was being threatened with his life. Um, so, I mean, there's just so many different cases. But the third thing I guess I want to say is record everything, just like what you said, Lou, because that's the only reason we see these cases coming to light. Yeah, I will say, yeah. and I do want to see it all play out. Mm-hmm. I... Because there's no case law about a warning shot, I think mm-hmm. that sort of is a if there's nothing. Well, there is there's case, there, there is case law that you can't fire a warning shot. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. As yeah. far as the overall scenario and the potential for this being a self, I'm on currently on the side of I believe this is justifiable self defense. Um, after watching both angles of video multiple times that's Mm. my perception based on what i know about texas castle doctrine and self-defense and property defense and things like that which is huge castle doctrine there are a lot of exceptions and there's a couple in there that that kind of seem to apply but we won't spend three hours going through right we could but i'm gonna wait (laughs) for the trial i just want to put it out there i think brian and i are on opposite sides here i think this is the word I hated the most from the Rittenhouse case, a cut and dry case of self-defense. Um, unfortunate. It never had to get there. But I think I think yeah. that's that's my prediction. Go, going into your... To yeah. Have my opinion be changed. We yeah. shall see. And, and we shall see. Because I, I, I did some hot takes originally on the first Rittenhouse trial. And I thought, well, yeah, he's a minor. And then when you look at Wisconsin <laughs> law and you go, uh, yeah, that's a little fuzzy. So, um, yeah. yeah. So... 
we'll we'll see what comes of it. I I think there will be an indictment um, now, but the, of course the whole thing is a sat for three weeks, and nobody did anything for three weeks, and he's still free. Well, let's be honest, the wife didn't even get out of the car like she cared. Um, you know what? Here's the one thing. The one thing I'm going to say about this: when you see totally horrific situations you 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 don't expect you know you can scream you can yell which the other video had playing of screaming and yelling and stuff like that but it's disbelief and it it it, it can you know we can look at you know odd i know i i'm not disagreeing with you and they may have set him up for this i don't know but that's what the trial will find out hopefully yeah. but um it, it's it's just sad. I, I still need to know so much, like who's yeah. like whose property, what what exact time the kids and like all that and everything. Kid, I don't, yeah. and that's yeah, something. So, yeah, Sorry. that's something that you know that that we'll find out as things go. For me, I just see honestly a couple of, <laughs> I see a couple of micropenis dudes that feel like they can <laughs> yell at each other and, pre- and be all Chad. strong and pretend <laughs> like they're super. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the most badass because I'm good at yelling at somebody. Like well, getting in each chests. other's faces, bumping chests. Like, what? What is this? What is is this? Your kid's little league game? Like, shut shut the hell up and sit down. Like, <laughs> honestly, it is not masculine. It, the the no, idea, like, man. here's the thing: you are a remarkably stupid person if you feel that you've had to in and engage in some kind of violence when when a peaceful solution is available. Now, as far as legally, when you're allowed to take a violent solution. One of these guys may have been justified, I'm sure. But I, I think for me, I, I see violence as just such a... Oh, yeah, I think... A, a primitive, like, kind of like... And, and for me, like, real masculinity is security. It's confidence, right? Like, I, I am confident and secure in being able to control a, if one of the other guys is being a wild dog then you know what like yeah i, I i'm cool and i'm calm and collected and control the situation i'm just saying this now because like and i know it's too late now but i know we talked about this like with kyle rittenhouse like what do you how did we get here with this situation i think with these guys i'm just everything about this like we're looking at the aftermath which is going to be a mess and i just look at what happened going into this thing like right. something could have happened you know, like to, to make it so anyway, of course, we begin by talking about minorities in the justice system. We end up talking about two white dudes. But anyway, it's, a, it's I mean, a, Kyle and Chad. Right. Kyle and Chad. Anyhow, uh, Christy, we're glad to have you here. Everybody uh, hang tight. We are about to go into the piece of my mind segment. So give me just a moment. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for your patience. Uh, peace of my mind tonight. Um, so I am in Utah and we had a bit of a local, local news here. Um, my kids actually would go to the Davis school district if we were not homeschooling them. Uh, and this is actually a story from the Davis school district. So there's this girl, um, 10 years old. Her name's Izzy Tichenor. She is uh, black and she is also autistic. Um, rough draw right off the bat for her. Uh, and being in the school district. Now, if you've heard me talk about the area that I'm in, we are all very violently anti-racist, at least publicly. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because what you know publicly isn't always what's going on privately. And, um, and it's an important situation to talk about. So all the way back in 2017, rewinding time, 
Izzy's family issued a, um, a grievance that she was being bullied in school for her race and her autism. Um, I guess she was fairly high functioning on the uh, autism show. She studied along with her other classmates and, you know, all that, but obviously was a little bit different. And they reported that she's been bullied. That was in 2017. Uh, an investigation began. Looks like as er some of these cases are as early as 2019. So for two years after filing this grievance, an investigation actually takes place in 2019. On September 15th of 2021, so you got two years, the Department of Justice submitted a completed report. That report is available online. Um, you know what? It, I don't have a good version to share. I'm looking at it right now, but it's one of those extensions that's like half a page long. So it's obviously not. It's a PDF. Um, I'll find some way to sh share it. But it is from the Department of Justice, Civil Rights Division, Educational Opportunity Section, um, DJ number, you know, 1697726. So there you go. Um, and it's a complete investigation. And they reported what they found about um, Izzy getting bullied at school. The findings in this report are not, it is something you would expect from maybe the 1960s. Um, and even then it feels out of place. Um, they said she was called the N-word at least every day. Um, she was bullied and belittled. They said it was uh, belittled. They said it was pervasive. She had KKK carvings into her desk she was mocked for her mental illness. They reported that there was no defense from the teachers for her. Um, ultimately, they found that the district's disciplinary acti act, uh, practices violated Black students' equal protection rights because they could find many cases when other students were bullied that teachers did something about it. And in this case, they did nothing about her bullying. In fact, they found other, uh, other issues, especially in the Asian community, where the kids were using Asian slurs like yellow, um, blaming them for COVID and talking about their squinty eyes. Um, so that was going on. They also found that the district violated the Equal Protection Clause when it refused to allow Black students to form student groups, while it did allow students of other ethnicities to do so. So when there was like a help group for a different ethnicity. They were permitted to get together. In the case of Izzy, she was not permitted to join a group that would have helped protect her, or at least helped talk about her rights. Um, that says the district was deliberately, deliberately indifferent to known student harassment based on race. So they had many reports filed and they discarded them. They didn't throw them out, but they set them by the wayside and they were deliberately indifferent they decided to intentionally do nothing about that. So those are actually, those are, those are three things if you're following out. Now, obviously there's a lot of issues there, but there was actually three legal issues where this, the Department of Justice said, you guys broke the law, <laughs> you know, the law that we have here in these public schools, you guys violated these laws by not stepping in and protecting her. So this report goes live, as I said, on February, on September 15th. Uh, what teachers and students did after that report is unconscionable. 
because usually when you get a report like that, that says you guys are messing up, <laughs> you're even like breaking the law in order to allow this kid to be bullied and hurt. The teachers and students made it worse. And they escalated the bullying because this kid had told on them, right? I've been a victim of bullying myself and had the same thing happen. My mom, who loved me dear dearly, called parents, called teachers, and it did not get better. <laughs> it got worse. And the, something similar happened here that uh, teachers apparently really uh, turned their other that turned a blind eye to it, and students increased after this report became public. Three weeks later, on November six, so three weeks after this incident report got filed and the bullying bullying level increased, Izzy's body was found in her closet and she hung herself at ten years old. I am really just brokenhearted about this. And it just seems like an overall sad story, but I wouldn't share it just to make you sad because I don't think that's a cool thing to do. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons here and especially my community um, for being so we, I mean, we, I, I've said it before, we key cars if they have like a Confederate flag sticker on them. Uh, I worked at a restaurant where somebody got stabbed in the parking lot for making snide comments towards a, a group of Latino individuals. We do all this fake anti-racism stuff, this performative, I, I threw an egg at your car, I shoot racists or something goofy like that. But it didn't make a difference. And somehow our kids are growing up either using the N-word like on a daily basis in the case of Izzy's bullies or hearing someone use it, using it and doing nothing to intervene because they learn something in this public. And I'm sure that some of it starts at home. I heard my parents say it a couple of times. It's no big deal. And uh, we, there's this saying, especially in restaurants that if you're silent, it's tacit approval, right? If you, if you say nothing, you know, about the dirty conditions, then the, the restaurant staff is going to continue to allow it to be dirty. If you say nothing about the, about students calling, calling a black student the N-word, it's going to continue to happen. Um, I, I don't know, I, I don't have a solution other than to say that there needs to be a lot of checking in that we need to do with our neighbors. A lot of what we do is performative. And I understand that of all people, I'm on social media, I make memes. I do a podcast. I, I do a lot of performative stuff because I feel it's important to, for people to see the right way to live. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't change anything on a personal level if there's a personal problem. And so what we need to do is really connect with our neighbors and with our family and with our own kids and just say, you know what makes a million times more difference than keying somebody's car when you see a Confederate flag? Is explaining to them what that flag stands for and what that means. That all this anger and hate, and hey, I stabbed somebody in the parking lot because he was, you know, really gross to Latino people. Yeah, good for you. Did it stop racism? Is racism now diminished now because you stab somebody? Or is maybe all of a sudden these people just more empowered? You can't even get your own. What gets me about this is we can't even fix our own kids. We're trying to fix the world and we're missing our kids. I can't go on a Call of Duty chat room these days. I, that was the game I had to review this last, or play, review, play, 
game to death for my writing job this last month was Call of Duty Vanguard. I got to tell you, I think it's probably 80% of the chat rooms that have some 13-year-old white kid calling everybody the N-word. 80%. I'm saying four-fifths of the games that I join about have some young white kid calling everybody the N-word. And I just, we're losing our kids. <laughs> we don't have a grip on it. Because what we do is we have we feel like we have a grip on Facebook. I, I reported you. I, I copied that. Look, I screenshotted it. I'm going to tell on this guy. I've changed everything. The world is changing, but we're missing the people that are closest to our lives. Um, in the case of Izzy, it's too late. I am, um, you know, when a kid kills themselves at 10 years old, when I was 10 years old, I, I mean, of course you have rough days, but my life was ahead of me. Life was everything. I just, the death was the scariest concept ever just because there was so many other great things to do in life still. And this girl made that decision at 10 years old to kill herself because of how she was being treated and just saw no way out of it. And day in and day out, the parents, I mean, maybe you can say, yeah, you should have took them out and homeschooled them. And at this, I mean, obviously given what we know now, it would have been better, but I, I don't know their work situation. Maybe that's not possible for them. And hey, you know, we're libertarians here. I get that. But we pay good money into the schools. And just like using your social security, you should be allowed to use the public schools if you pay for the public schools. Whether you pay rent or own, you pay money, great money to, to be a part of that school district. So I, I am sympathetic to somebody who just says, like, I'm sorry, but this is the situation that I can't be there all the time to stop it, but I can file these reports. And when that when the report happens, two, we have two years of evidence of this stuff. And this report, I mean, it gets even, there's other stuff I didn't even go over. It was just ticky tacky. Day by day, something else was happening to bully this, this girl and other kids like her. And it was known and obvious and the teachers knew about it and the system knew about it and yet here we are you know and what happens two weeks after three weeks after we release the port report we make it worse because somebody told on us because we're so ashamed that we said oh well you know she told on us and the, oh the department of justice took her side <laughs> you know let's treat her badly and now look at now look at um if you find yourself being a, uh, a bully, please stop. Act in love. Um, remember the story of Izzy. Remember that there are kids out there that are suffering and struggling and just want to be accepted. I've seen some video and pictures of the kid, and of course they always choose the nice stuff, but this is somebody who had the opportunity to let all of that nice stuff and all that laugh, the infectious laughter and the wonderfulness and the, the great kid she was at home, she had the opportunity to unleash that in the world. And instead she had that pushed down into this really just dark and evil place. I wouldn't even know how to tie a noose when I was 10 years old. And she figured it out. Um, yeah, it's, it's a heartbreaking story. And I think just the lesson, I, I know I've said several of them, but I think if you take one lesson, just instead of giving the short answer, the cancel culture, give the council culture answer. Give this, tell people why you're upset by the Confederate flag. Make sure your kids understand. 
You know, make sure your kids understand exactly why it's so bad, why racism is so bad. Make sure they understand why ableism is so bad. Make sure you under they understand why you love these people, you know, why it's important to care about them and build them up for goodness sake, build them up and give them the encouragement so that if they see somebody else doing it, they have the courage to say, stop, that's enough. You cannot be doing this. To, set, to befriend the people that are in this kind of situation. We are a deeply Mormon and Christian school district and state here in, in, in Davis, and we have this fantastic example of somebody who went to the, the people that were regarded as the, quote, scum of the earth, unquote, and befriended them and loved them and welcomed them into his inner circle. We need to follow that same example. And, and build our kids up into a situation where it happens. Sorry to bum you all out with that one. Um, that is about as sad a story as I will ever share. Um, but it was, I think, just because it was so local and so personal, it was hard to uh, hard to not share. Uh, anybody uh, thoughts about that? Oh, you're just totally wrong. No. no. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's ridiculous. And as someone who's worked with school districts, especially on No Child Left Behind compliance as a parent and, and also helping around with other things in it, it, it's disgusting. But that says a lot about the leadership in the school and the leadership just, you know, this is where you fire everybody and, 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 and nuke and pave. Um, <laughs> just really, honestly, that's, that's the only way you're, you're changing the culture. And the culture is we, we have a school here in our town, which, Teachers seem to have given up on the kids because they're from a poorer section of town. And it's ridiculous when you hear it from the teachers, you know, and the kids. Wow. So, yeah, um, the, the best way to fix it, of course, would be to have school choice and have the ability to pull these kids from these schools and go ahead and let these horrible, failing, terrible schools fail. So... It, there, there's nothing to say otherwise it's a, it's 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 a tragedy that we've lost a 10 year old girl and a, a school district who probably is going to sit there and say do an investigation on himself and say we did nothing wrong i personally like where i'm at with this is i'm a mom of a little girl damn near the same age and i I can't even articulate it. And that's way too close to home for me. And just absolutely horrifying. Like makes me want to never let my kid leave the house again. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, the fact that it was filed in 2017, the report started in 2019 and then released in 2020. I mean, this is a long, I mean, no wonder the kid kills themselves. This is like half of their lives. You know what I mean? This thing has been going on for half of their lives and they just learned that, Life can get worse, you know. That is a really sad story. But I I really want to like just like I mentioned with Kyle Rittenhouse with the with the, the Karoot situation, like think about what you can do to prevent the next one. There's nothing we can do for Izzy, you know, but there is something that we can learn from it. And I just I, I think there's an important lesson here because like I said, like I live in an area where I didn't even know systemic racism was going on. <laughs> and look at my freaking school system, man. Like I can't even, it's so, it is so underneath my nose and, and somehow in public, I'm just like, is anybody actually a racist? And meanwhile, there's an entire school yelling the N word at this kid every day, 1960s level crap. 
If you hear your kid saying that, which I've caught a couple of mine when they were dumb and teenagers. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I, I corrected that immediately. Um, I'm not saying my children are, you know, I've never, but they hear it from their peers and they think they're cool. So I'd say right. you look like the biggest friggin' idiot on the planet, right, uh, right next to you know the other your friends who are idiots. So, right. but right. you correct them, right? And I think that yeah. that's so important to understand. Like that correction process is not slap them in the head. It's <laughs> not. It's not lock them well, in the room. It's you know? so much fun though. The Italian <laughs> mom, the Italian mom, and me really yeah. hopes that if one of my kids drops that word that they are not within arm's reach of me right. it's, it's it will be a completely involuntary like the shoe yeah. will come off the foot and land right. that's cultural appropriation you can't do that what? <laughs> the shoe coming off the foot i think that's uh no um, no that's the italian side is it the, I, I thought the italian was just the smack and the you know but, okay, or the I spatula or whatever's in her hand at the moment yeah that's God. usually what happens the shoe coming <laughs> off though no Oh, yeah, I've had my fair share of shoes thrown at me. <laughs> but you like a George Bush, you know, teach your kids right? how to duck. <laughs> really multicultural of her punishment. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, like I can't my kids all know like right. very clearly at this point in their lives, you know, once almost 20, then almost 13 and almost nine, like they know better. Right. They I, I think. I think the thing with this, though, like my kids probably knew better, but after this happened, I took the time out to like talk with them and, and explain why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, let's, let's get in the deets on this one. Like, it's not just cause mom will smack me in the face. Cause if mom's not here to smack you in the face, that's cool. <laughs> right. right. Like, you know, there's a, there's a reason we don't use that. And like, I want to pass that knowledge on to my kids, you know, to make sure that they right. understand like, this is. This is something that needs to go for. I don't do a lot of great things in life, but one tidbit of information, if I can make any piece of information going forward, like to instill in you is why like being racist is not good. You know? Yeah. Like, and, and uh, yeah. Anyhow, let us move off of that. Lou, what do you got for us on a piece of your mind? Speaking of keeping my children locked in the house forever. Um, <laughs> the Turpins kids. Have you guys been watching this case? I have not. I will look it up right now. Oh, turbans. my God. So I, it's something like 12 or 13 kids locked up for several, like, almost 20 years total between them up to the age of 33. Like, and starved, chained to beds, the whole thing. Yeah. And one of them managed to escape, called 911. And I, uh, it almost makes me physically sick to say something nice about a police officer. However, thank God he was smart enough to pick up on what she was trying to communicate with him because she couldn't really communicate. She'd never talked to people outside before. Like, and how terrifying that is. Um... So I and so I was doing more digging on on this topic, right? And we talked earlier about my obsession with true crime. I'm just fascinated. Um, and this is something that's come up recently as I have been glued to multiple trials. Of course, this is popping up a lot for me. And I guess the 
parents did end up being convicted. But in looking into this more, this happens a scary amount mm-hmm. across the country where children are literally held captive like this. I mean, we all remember the case of the little boy. Uh, was it? The one in the dog cage? Yes. Yeah, I I'm can't drawing... remember the name of the case, but yeah. I've had so many different cases oh. in my head recently. Ch- a child called it. Right. Read, yeah, but, if you have any question about child abuse, read the book, A Child Called It. Right. Yeah. And and this is apparently far more common than I had realized. And it is absolutely terrifying to me. And as I've been work like something I've been doing lately is trying to identify you know, private ways of handling different things. Like I've talked about the adventures with purpose guys that go out scuba diving to search for missing loved ones and things like that. Like all these different um, volunteer or private or civilian or whatever type of organizations that take the government out of it to deal with a problem. And I'm looking at this going, how do we deal with this? How, what do you do as a society? Yeah. What signs do you look for? What's happening with your neighbors? You know, just as much as you talked about being aware in your community, of the racism that's happening. Well, what about the next door neighbor who's got 12 children tied up in their basement? Right. It's horrifying. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, this is one I've been kind of racking my brain on. Like, how do we as a society... Yeah. Let me set Brian up for this one a little bit, because we touched on this a little bit. And I think we always get get bogged down into the like legal bits of it. Like, should the government take your kids right and that kind of thing right 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 well and and you know what like <laughs> it's I want, an easy one yeah, yeah, right but let's experience in that area right obviously. but what i want to move past it because brian actually has some experience with like and i'm sure he's put a lot of thought into this one absolutely but like partly why think, i brought it up <laughs> yeah like what do you think brian like as far as like what do you do you know, if we're trying to keep the government out of things and, and let's just yeah. assume for a minute that that's what's going on or that the government doesn't care or something like that. Yeah. And you see that there are kids that are maybe being, you know, abuse, some kind of abuse. There are myriad of kinds, but something like that. What do you think? What do you what do you do? It is so hard to catch everything that goes wrong in a population of 330 million. Yeah. Um, I've got neighbors down the street that they're, they're a little funny with their kids i won't say funny as in like i'm thinking there's abuse but they have some views that you know might be just a little uh off the off their rocker but that's their choice to raise their children that way and and the freedom of religion and everything else the vast majority of those kids go they usually rebel against it and go oh my god you're nuts And, and hopefully that's enough to get people to dial things back um, they have. I, I honestly, when I think about it now, they've kind of dialed back. I've seen the kids out more. Um, it, it, the thing is this, that with our kids, in you know, COVID's changed things. We have a lot more abuse going on now uh, that's not being reported because mandatory reporters aren't reporting anything. But, of course, the whole mandatory reporting thing gets a little abusive. So um, it, it's tough. You can't catch everything. Um 
yeah, 13 kids and stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of worthy of a knock on the door by somebody. But then again, if somebody came knocking on my door when we had eight kids in this house, called the police because we had so many kids and what was going on over there, um, I'd say, come on in. You want to see? Here, you can babysit tonight. There you go. <laughs> right. We're going out. Here's Bye. an apron. Yeah. <laughs> We're out of here. This one while I go feed this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's there. There are definite times where you need something. And this is where I tick off every anarchist on the planet, where the state needs to have some Whatever. sort of power to go in and fix abusive situations. We'd like to believe society is going to fix this problem. While we can't get society to go knock on the door to see if their neighbor's okay, you think they're going to go wandering in? And the person who's having the kids taken away from them, are they going to see this as a posse coming to their house? Because I got news here. Right. Is this the Second Amendment? Or is the citizens arrest? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it gets really hairy. <laughs> and who are, you know, what yeah. are the boundaries? Like, as a society, we can go, hey, murder is bad. Right, right, right. is bad. Like, <laughs> but like, what are the boundaries with, you know, how someone raises their children? Like, at what yeah. point is something abusive? And obviously, physical abuse. Like, that's there's no question Mental there. And, and Mental. I mean, look, look at the vaccination. I mean, yeah. how many people yeah. say it's abusive or not abusive, or both sides have claimed abuse. Abusive to vaccinate your kids. Abusive not to vaccinate your kids. Right. And, and they are so ready and willing to go ahead and use that government force to do it. Thankfully, I think the government's gone, yeah, we don't want to get in this mess. <laughs> um, so they've left up to the schools to deal with it. And of course, the schools are, are, are government entities, so they, they've decided to go ahead and do it the worst possible way possible. Um, yeah. So this is again gets back to where school choice kind of fixes a lot of these problems and that's why it's been so right. great to be a libertarian this decade um but so. also these girls specifically in even more danger um because where mm -hmm. they lived and the way that they kind of got away with this initially was by pulling them out and claiming they were homeschooling them and yep. nobody was there were no checks and balances within the community Rich. you you, you kind so of worry you kind of want to check and balance as in, hey, can you spell your name for me? Your parents are here with us right now. You're right. Just here with me. Uh, there's people watching that are third parties. Nobody's going to abuse you or anything. But just write your name down. Write your birthday, if you know your birthday. And let's just ask a couple questions here. And if you're way the hell off, we go to your parents and say, yeah, this is bad. Um, but it's, it's tough to do. Now, of course, all the parents are in jail forever. Uh, for their lives, uh, just thank by God. what they played out to, thank goodness. But unfortunately, because of the way the foster care system is set up, and I'm not saying we were perfect, but we definitely got, we didn't leave the foster care system because we, we you know, got tired of the kids. We got tired of the government. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> so, I get it. And, 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 and that's the main reason and why. so many cases of you know, every state calls it something different, DCS, whatever, yeah. child, yeah. you know, where exactly. they're yeah. dropping the ball at a minimum. In some cases, there have been counties prosecuted for running child sex trafficking rings with kids they're pulling out of oh, home. Geez. Well, the five of the kids were put into one foster home. Yeah. Okay. A family home where abuse had taken place. Now, it doesn't say what the abuse was. It could have been physical. It could have been mental. It could have been whatever. Um, you know, but here's the thing. The government considers spanking a kid, which right or wrong, whatever. 
uh, as physical abuse. And, and it's very tough being a foster parent because you're, when a kid is raging and trying to hurt the other kids, you kind of have to take a, you know, kind of a, okay, yeah, let's put you. And of course, if they're 15 years old and stronger than you, then you're in a lot of trouble. Right. So it's, it's a no win situation in a lot of cases, but these kids were adopted by the foster family. And then the foster family was arrested and, and charged with abusing the kids. So, uh, but some of the kids are doing okay. Though I'm reading the story here and that the kids are, are kind of, you know, basically that the, the they've screwed up, you know, the, the County of Riverside screwed up this entirely. And right. it's just, you know, basically that these, uh, that one thing that foster agencies are famous good with, with teenage kids. You're 18. Good luck. Bye. You're out. Right. And, and that is really sad. Yeah. It's like that contributes to a huge piece of the pie in our homeless population, our mm -hmm. drug addicts, our, you know, all of all of the terrible things that happen when a kid is booted at 18 after being bounced around from foster home to foster home and have no support. Right. Nowhere but, to go. Nothing. But you know what the county of Riverside did? They they went ahead and hired a private law firm to investigate it further. That's that's good, right? Could use some money there, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, call the feds and call whatever, or maybe just fire everybody and start over. Nobody wants to work. Anyone that wants to work at DCS either is, I want to say, I don't want to say misguided, but but you know has this i'm gonna fix the world then of course the government bureaucracy comes in and says yeah no you're not right. a lot of people burn out and it, yeah it's so terrible. many times these caseworkers when they get up on the stand in these horrible cases where children die right under their noses it's right. look i've got 147 cases and yeah. i can't do this by myself but i'm expected to to keep a roof over my head and they're put in a position oftentimes where they're damned if they do and damned if they don't criminally damned too oh yeah you, neglect, you didn't fill out this piece of paperwork which would have somehow saved this child as opposed to and there's enough politics and things like that in the system that it's it's disturbing but right it's what we've got and we need to make it better um i'm i'm open to suggestions <laughs> yeah i think you know when we talk about particularly libertarian policy and or anarchist ideals and how we would operate in a society. Something we don't talk about enough, and I have truly never seen a good solution for, is how to take care of abused children. Yeah. And that is, yeah. I mean, there's tons of amazing people with big hearts that want to open their homes. And there are lots of children out there that need it. There are also lots of children out there that need it. That nobody knows needs it. Yeah. And how do we reach them? Usually they're saying that 10% of the abuse cases get caught because it's usually drugged up parents doing stupid stuff. Yeah. And I can testify. Yeah. I I've seen that. Um, the vast majority though, these kids come out really screwed up. Um, but also screwed up by the system. I've seen them pull. I've seen them pull kids out of moms who were trying to do their best 
had to leave the kids unattended. And, oh, my God, someone called the police. And the police come in and go, oh, you left the kid unattended for five minutes. I'm sorry, you're going to jail. Yeah. Or you let the kid walk to the park. You know, it's there's a lot of things we could be doing different. And I'm hoping that nonprofits, which, by the way, have a really good track record, usually far better than the government, um, need to step up. But in these rural communities, there's there's these nonprofits are really non-government uh, uh, you know, organizations. And they're usually pretty politically intertwined. Right. Well, they and they don't have authority. And so that's kind of the problem. Oh, no, they have authority. They They have have the authority to enter someone's home and rescue a child from. They, they, well, a nonprofit does? No, they they have, they have such a tight relationship with the police. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So their word is taken as gospel. Yeah. I think, I think for me, like, this is just why libertarians can't ignore culture is because, and, and, and even if you don't want to talk about like the culture war, like I'm just talking about like culture and good morals, like ethics and stuff in your house. Cause the absence of government is not goodness. You know, there have been plenty of situations where people have had an absence of government and good things have not resulted, you know? And, and of course there's been times when absence of government and things have gone great. Like I'm not, I'm not going back on all my anarchist chops or anything, but my point is that if you want a more libertarian society, culture has a lot to do with it because until we come up with a situation, like a lot of times uh, libertarians come to kind of defense of maybe not families that are outright abusive like this, but kind of the whole, like I control my kids and their family's life kind of thing. And it's like, I'm aware that like, I don't want the state to interfere, but I definitely want somebody to interfere and I don't like you and the way you're raising your family like crap. Like I, I think is, uh, anyway, yeah, it, it's tough. It's, it's all dicey. Uh, yeah. Brian, piece of your mind. Well, um, St. Fauci um, late, mm. earlier today said that with the latest uh, 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 variant of Omicron, which is apparently arisen from South Africa and, and is being found, that uh, everything's back on the table, including lockdowns. Um, and, and I joke, I call him St. Fauci, because a lot of people actually do see him as some sort of saint here, but uh, he's a government bureaucrat. Let's be honest here, people. Um the, they've already started a travel ban. They're already saying nothing's off the table, including lockdowns. Uh, again, this the lockdowns didn't stop COVID. It didn't work with Delta. And thankfully with Delta, we kind of said, you know, we lived our lives and went on and kept the country rolling forward. I'm not saying profit, but I'm just saying we're not fighting for toilet paper again. Um, but once again, this isn't going to be any different. Um, there's no data out whether Omicron is more lethal, more contagious. They have some studies that they're just starting. They're worried about maybe it'll evade some of our antibody treatments. But so far, the news out of South Africa is the ones that have had it have had mild symptoms and have all so far recovered, which is the natural progression of viruses. They become more contagious and they become less deadly because they become more contagious and more deadly. You end up killing a lot of people really, really quick. So just how it works. So that being said, um, you know, people, I, I still recommend I've got my shot. I'm still on the fence about a booster, but it, once again, we're seeing this again, the governments around the world, including Australia, which by the way, just 
started to put aboriginals in camps because of societal malfeasance with the way that they're handling their COVID. And I'm like, you're doing what? <laughs> they're taking aboriginals and putting them in camps. Yeah, this is a, this, we haven't seen this this play before, have we? No. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember the, like how smug Australia was at the beginning? Like, oh, if yeah. it's just being like, oh, you Americans, you're so, you know, if you were just like us, this whole thing would be done. And now look at them. Like, it's kind of like, all that stuff we talked about, like civil liberties that we were worried about, like came true oh, in yeah. Australia. Yeah, I've, I've been yeah. watching the Australia situation specifically because they were so we believed the government and we did everything they asked us to do. And that's why we still like have everything back and you have nothing back yeah. still. And, yeah. And, and they had 20,000 people this weekend in Melbourne protesting the COVID lockdown. The pictures are unreal. Yeah. I mean, it looked wow. You would that see them, and you would think somebody just won the World Series if they weren't so angry. Like yeah. it is a flood. It's flood. <laughs> and this streets. was, and, and it was not even mentioned. Really, you'll dig on the website, son. You'll find it, but it's not been mentioned. And these protests are starting to gear up. I mean, they've always been gearing up in Paris, and so the Gilets uh, Jaunes has been going on for my God, pre-COVID. And you get the occasional yeah. car burned down. These guys are still going out and protesting the stupidity of the French government or the Austrian government, or all these others. And it's refreshing to see people in these countries who, all, all of them, oh, we're so much smutter than you Americans. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're all idiots here. It's, it's the smarmy Finnish lady who's a teacher, because we pay teachers the thing we pay doctors. And then you just do about five seconds of Google food, and you go, no, you don't. Anyhow. Um <laughs> So it's this smarmy attitude, which thankfully these countries are, the populaces are catching on saying, yeah, no, let's just go ahead and live our lives because living in a box the rest of our life is not what we want. And just, yeah. So the Aussies have caught on. The Kiwis are hopefully going to be after that. Uh, God knows what's going on in China. Jeez. I, I, well, just shooting people probably but um oh there goes me ever going to china again um, <laughs> I would. um but it, it's it it's disturbing that that's gonna be on the table and of course i'll say oh it's an off-the-cuff remark it's an off-the-cuff remark on meet the press where he's asked a specific question about it so you know, but yeah. Um, one thing I do want to just before we jump into this, I do want to make a correction. Our last EOME that we did in my last piece of my mind, I made a comment that they were going to require CRT classes. I am going to correct myself on that. It was not a CRT class, it was an ethnic studies class, which was based on functions of CRT. So I'm making that correction right now. And I apologize if I have influenced anyone with my decision. And if you are taking this personally, I suggest you go outside and take a deep breath of fresh air. <laughs> And come back and watch. I, that being yeah. said, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, always good to issue. I, I think I would have a tough time going back and issue corrections for everything that I have. Luckily, I have you two who usually, if I say something squirrely or like, oh, wait, it was actually this, like the flaming bag. Oh, I, yeah, no, I got a, a super thing. awkward correction of my own from when we were all on the big show. Yeah. And I, like, I was half listening. And half not listening. And it dawned on me sort of after I started talking that Chris called me like the only black person in the room yeah. or something. Yeah. And I was like, 
Right. After I went back and listened to it, and I was like, oh, and I responded like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, just, I wasn't really paying full attention to everything that he, like, when he first started talking. And then I was like, oh, that looked really bad. No, it wasn't your fault, Luke. I, I, I caught it at first, too. And I was like, did, did, did he? Like, I kind of just thought he meant, like, and, a, as a lefty. Or yeah, I think like, that's what he meant to say. And and and, and yeah, I know I mean, he was being a smart ass, and I totally missed it. And I I walked right into that, and it looked terrible. So I want to issue an apology to anybody who thinks that I'm, like, Rachel Dolezaling it over here. I am not. I, am <laughs> I was actually about to bottom. bring up Rachel Dolezaling. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. You beat me to I it. had to. <laughs> I had it all loaded up. I was like, this is going to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, were you going to go with the Rachel Dolezal joke? I was. I was uh, like, this is going to be funny. I was like, are you going to change your name to like Nacheki Amare Diallo or something like that? It's got to be an apology. It's got to be a website that will give you some sort of super, you know, black power name or something like right. that. Right. Like, I, I really was kind of waiting after that for like the she's canceled like outrage. Mm -hmm. Because of how I responded. No. Like, I was a little worried. I mean, I think for me, it just looked like you were in the zone. Because I know, like, Chris will try to throw something. you would be like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. And then I, right, that's going. exactly what it was. Right. I was kind of like right. focused on the details of what we were talking about. And I was right. ignoring his smart ass comment. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Anyway, uh, so about Brian's point uh which was now i forget now we we you, oh she's saying that we oh, may lock down That's again right. yeah um i don't know if there's the stomach for it and i no. specifically no. think there's not the stomach for it because it didn't now i'm not gonna say it didn't work because here's the thing everybody <laughs> here's the thing i understand how viruses work and the thing is if you say if everybody just did this everybody'd be fine yeah, well, not everybody is going to just ever anything ever. Okay. Nobody is ever in the history just anything before. Like nobody is ever like we've never all been in unison and done one exact thing. That's like if everybody in America jumped and it would cause an earthquake on the other end. Of the, like it just the reason it does not happen is because the coordination is never going to be there. Right. <laughs> so like the thing is, is like I I get the concept. I don't like. I, I, I tell this line because I, I enjoy the science and I think that for some people it is incredibly smart to get the vaccine. <laughs> and I think that it is a personal medical decision that makes sense for many and most people. I think there are some people that it does not make sense for it. So. And then, then the other thing is there was a lot of things that happened in the wake of 9-11 that made a lot of sense that the government didn't let go of when it stopped making sense. And so the issue is, I don't like, I think there's a libertarian push a lot of times to be like, viruses don't actually travel or aren't real. Or like, you know, oh, they don't travel on planes. And they, and I'm just like, that's, they, they go from like the science side where they like attack all the science and all the medicine, as opposed to just the right side, which is like, you don't have the right to shut down everybody's business, regardless of how you feel about things. Yeah. And I think that that's the way to go about it. And I think here's the thing. I issue that long like disclaimer in order to just say very simply, it didn't work very well because we were promised one thing and showed one graph and that didn't pan out. And so people aren't going to do it again, you know, when it didn't work the first time. So when you say two weeks to flatten the curve and it doesn't pan out, 
and 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 the curve didn't flatten very well and we had to shut down for i mean my goodness a year and a half at my job like yeah. year and a half of no 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 business there on top of no going to see grandma on top of no prison visiting hours on top of no like i mean just everything on top of everything and the fact that we still got hit with what we did and yeah maybe it's because of some dumbasses went to spring break but the thing is you're never going to stop all that it's just going right. to happen and so like as long as you like accept this i think you take care of yourself you spread awareness, you do the smart thing, but that's all you can ask. Like, and unfortunately, when you have this power of the state that Fauci commands, it, he he no longer comes off as this sympathetic medical doctor that's giving you good advice. He comes off as a very worrisome person, and you have to say, I think he might harm, like this may harm my business again. This may shut us down. My goodness, was small business ever crushed? Oh, well, we gave them all these loans that they have to pay back. Well, that's not... I got bad news in the way small business works, especially in the restaurant chains. Like that is not a good thing. Like it's a paying all that back is not a realistic thing. And most of them are just going to fold up and shut down because it's not, it's not a realistic thing to have. It's two weeks to flatten the economy. Yep. It's two weeks (laughs) to flatten the economy, two years. It's, it's all bad. I, I get what Fauci's saying. And you know what, if we all, hung in a hamster ball for a week this whole thing would be dead along with the rest of our immune systems (laughs) yep right we'd all start and it's just there's not the coordination for it and until then there's just no way to make it happen that was a long rambling thing but i just i felt like there was a lot to say on that front because i don't want people getting the sense that i'm like against medicine or against science it's the civil liberties aspect if you give the government the ability to do it they don't unhand it and Unfortunately, Fauci talking about shutdowns again, it's kind of one of those, I thought those were temporary and now you're going to do it again, which is exactly what libertarians were telling you the government might do. Oh, another libertarian, I told you so moment. <laughs> that Another one for the books. You know, Been a good couple of years for us. <laughs> it really has. I mean, as far as being right. Not that it's been a good couple of years for everybody in general, but yeah. yeah. Um, but as a libertarian, I'll just take being right as the world yeah. burns around me and <laughs> put it on our gravestones. We were right, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, but this whole Omicron thing, like immediately, I saw it. And if anybody watching this is familiar with Futurama, um, you know that the cure for this is slurm. And if you don't know that. Google it. <laughs> I'm now Googling it. <laughs> oh, my God. So beyond, like, the silly of it, I really think that it's culturally time to shift how we look at COVID. Um, mm-hmm. We have been a society that has dealt with flu for how many years? And, you know, it was not all that long ago the influenza pandemic and it was this horrible thing and now it's like the flu that keeps you know changing and all this stuff and we keep getting new vaccines for it which a good chunk of people get pretty regularly and they keep updating them to keep up with the new strains and even the doctors will tell you like yeah it changes so quickly it's probably only 30 to 50 percent effective but it's still kind of helpful and just wash your hands and cover your mouth when you cough. And, you know, I, I think culturally we're, we have to stop being scared of this. Like, and I'm not one of those, like, it's just a fluke. Yes. It can be very serious for some people, 
but culturally in order to move on with our lives we just have to accept that this it's not going away we're going to continue to get new variants and they're going to continue to become more contagious and less deadly because they learn that hey if we keep killing off our hosts like we can't keep <laughs> producing that's you know just as brian said that's what viruses do that's what the flu has done and we just sort of live with it and yes some people get very very sick and die from the flu some people get very very sick and die from covid like just <laughs> stop you know be smart about it get yeah. a vaccine if you feel that's right for you don't go to work or school if you're sick and have a fever you know do the smart stuff wash your hands I, I had to get this in. Some people also die when they have a Ford Escape lied to them at about 50 miles an hour, unfortunately. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's SC, terrible. SCB murders. Yeah. SCBs are killing people. By the way, I just want to add one more little tidbit. I'm going to quote this. I'm reading the actual quote oh, from Fauci. Okay. They're really criticizing <laughs> science because I represent science. That's dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and arrows that get thrown at me. And if you damage science, you're doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave. He's not wrong. Yeah, that's a little... Because um, I represent science. Now, mind you, everything I said would kind of damage, and what you said would damage what, because we don't agree with Fauci. Right. I mean, he, it's funny because who... he tucked it back in where he was like, because I'm not science. And then he was like, but if they criticize me, suddenly they're criticized. It's like he un right. did it, undid it, and then redid it. And I was just like, oh, oh I, I do. If I'm understanding this correctly, mm -hmm. I would agree with the idea that people have politicized science so much so mm -hmm. that they will deny something because they disagree with the face yeah of the person who was saying something even if it is like just plain black and white obvious science right mm -hmm. yeah um it's yeah if that's where he was going i understand that yeah um, but yeah he was talking about ted cruz and Rand paul about gain of function and Rand paul was questioning him on gain of function which was proven to be true um <laughs> But he says course, it wasn't under oath. Is there an investigation for that? I feel uh, like if I lie under oath, I get in trouble. They're they're trying to, but yeah, I mean, it's, they're working. If, really, on if he wasn't sworn in, then yeah, and and I'll be honest, with you, anyone that goes in and testifies to Congress or anything like that, don't 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 swear to anything. In fact, just say I'm not going to answer any questions without having my attorney present. Have a good day. Um, what, but, was he not sworn in? I I don't think he, I he was. was. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And of course, they've had a couple of, but yeah, it's ridiculous. And actually, I just got shared on another thing a video that I'm going to take a look at, apparently, of um, uh, talking about gain of function research that was done back um, with uh, Dadzik with uh, the, um, uh, with the, um, I can't even think of the name of the organization he's in charge of now, um, which was financing the gain of function research in Wuhan. So, yeah. and of course, there's probably I'm going to have to apply a healthy roll of aluminum foil around my head to go through it. But the issue hey, I make sacrifices for you people. 
<laughs> the issue is when you, when, when you lie about something that ends up being a lie. And like, the thing is, is for me, the explanation about gain of function research always made sense to me. But had they started with, yeah, we do gain of function and here's why, as yeah. opposed to no, we don't. Yeah. That's when things like all of a sudden you lied for people don't lie for no reason. You know what I mean? Like you lied right. for a reason. And so yeah. you just validated basically everything. Yeah. I mean, and uh, we got a comment saying, I don't say why creating new deadly viruses isn't illegal. I can well, understand it, it for like the sake of science, but yeah, it, it was not a smart move, obviously. <laughs> um, obviously right. didn't really pan out there. But of course, at the moment, they're still denying it, right? That it yeah. uh, popped out there. It, it, that's that's sad because that's when like the cons it, I there's a few conspiracies where it's like the conspiracy is not the conspiracy. Like, like if you believe that Epstein killed himself, that's the conspiracy. The Epstein didn't kill himself is no longer the conspiracy. You know what I mean? If you think that 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 virus did not come from the Wuhan lab, that's the conspiracy. That's the minority opinion. You know, like that's the that's the couple people in tinfoil hats being like, no, 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 it didn't come from there. It came from something else. Like, yeah, that, it, uh, a, a bat kissed a pangolin and yes. uh, all the other. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling John Stewart here. South Park again. I. Okay. I to, yeah. to counterbalance all the true crime I watch, I watch a lot of really dumb adult animation shows. Yeah. Um, and the South Park episode about how COVID came to America is so foul <laughs> and so hilarious. I have not seen it. Oh. It's, I'm not even going to repeat <laughs> There's a pangolin involved. Okay. Right. <laughs> Just go watch it. I, agree with I think that's enough. <laughs> I, I remember it now. I've seen that episode. Yeah, I remember. It was a special. I think it was like the COVID special. Yeah, it was the COVID. Yeah, it was the COVID special. And I'm just, yeah. So yeah, well, everybody's homework is to go watch Futurama, Futurama the, the, the uh, Omicron episode, and then South Park, the COVID special. <laughs> there you go. There's homework for everybody. Thank you so much for listening in, everybody, today. Uh, we kind of had a... Boy, we're dealing with some heavy material today. Um, of course, whenever we're dealing with libertarian issues, usually somebody's right, rights have been violated, and that kind of matters. Sometimes fatally, sometimes it's just their rights. Sometimes these things carry on through generations, and that's just how it goes. It's all important. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's listening. Once again, I know, broken record. We, we shatter our old... We're growing. We shatter our old audience record every week, um, and I'm just so grateful for this this steady in, uh, increase in in all the episodes everybody's listening to. Listens are everything. Uh, share it if you're feeling it. But if if really if all you do is click and listen, you do you make me happy. Um, I, 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 no doubt, part of our success is Lou and Brian here, and uh, just just the ability to discuss these things from kind of a lot of different perspectives. I really am grateful for it. Um, we're gaining a lot of notoriety for ourselves to the point where it's getting hard to hold on to my co-host. So just if you're the praying type, I'm not you know, going just, anywhere. I, I, not gonna, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, if, if Larry Sharp offers to do like a Larry and Lou show or a Larry and Brian show, you should probably take that offer, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, it'll be obvious. I think. <laughs> Um, but uh, I mean, it's just, we're, we're having a good time. I really am, am enjoying doing the show. We did take last week off for Thanksgiving. We may take a month off for, or a week off for not a month off. <laughs> That's something Chris does with the main show. We may take a week or so off for the, uh, for a Christmas. 
um chris uh chris is actually getting married Jeez, in a little bit here so uh, he slipped up with aldi we'll see if she meets him at that eye like down that aisle yeah chris uh if you're listening He's... man good luck with your wedding and everything we're, we're super happy for you i've actually hung out with reagan uh, she's so Lisa sweet yeah she's a she's actually a, a bit of a blast i think everybody gets to see the sweet side we went to dave and busters and she was all in on gaming oh, like yeah, and she had never been she actually didn't know what dave and busters was or any of that Aww. like she, she was new to the arcade scene entirely but yeah she came in she was like yeah let's do this thing like immediately chucking up basketballs and oh, that's you know awesome. and so, wow. yeah so she was way fun like it, i really it's, enjoyed meeting her when we were all down in indy Uh, a few months ago and i'm bummed i didn't get to go to dave and busters you know what that's a common experience if you come down here either me barbecuing or dave and busters because i i i i I am such a boring person i need everything else to be fun around me so that's (laughs) what i do is i'm just like this next time lou when we all get together i'll go ahead and bring the smoker down we'll do another cajun turkey Yes. Oh, I still have I still have leftovers in the fridge. I had a whole turkey left over. Oh my goodness. We did uh, leftover <laughs> turkey sandwiches tonight, actually. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I, we had pizza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Way to go. All right. In five seconds, I'm about to be overtime. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Kisses. I'll talk to you later and have a good one.